The Bible is filled with scriptures referring to the heart. We are invited to guard our hearts, not to be deceived by our hearts, and also to follow God with all of our hearts. I am Josh, one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church, and we are on a series called Heartbeat. Hope you enjoy the podcast. You are king. See you in the morning when the sun rises above. Sun rises before us and all right. Good morning, church. Hey, it's my privilege to just introduce real quick our, our guest speaker uh, for the day. Uh, no offense, Lisa, but obviously we have someone much better looking than our normal lead pastor here today. And so uh, we have Rudy Haygood. He is from University Christian Church in West L.A. Uh, he's been there. Uh, this is the second time working there. He's been there about two years. And this is what you need to know about him. He has seven kids and he loves to read Star Wars books. Okay. <laughs> I believe he told me he's read 70 of them. Over, right? over, over, 70. Over, over 70 of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then he, we were talking about the movies, and he said something about people not liking the way that they've gone away from the, the canon. And I was like, that tells you that's something disturbing there. They refer to Star Wars books as the canon. Okay, but anyway, we are super excited uh, that Rudy is here this morning to share with us from the Word of God. And so please, uh, please give him your attention. Thanks, Rudy, for being here. <laughs> Oh, wow. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, uh, I'm honored to be here. And uh, uh, Denton is a, a good friend of mine. And, uh, and he's so relational. Um, he, uh, he is, uh, in, in my mind, the reason uh, why our three churches are partnered the way they are. Um, he is uh, the one who uh, was intentional about uh, creating a relationship between uh, he and I and Ken, and, uh, and now we're here and we're uh, church swapping or preacher swapping or, or whatever, whatever that is, but uh, um, I'm excited to be here. I bring greetings from University uh, Christian Church, and uh, I am honored uh, to be here with you uh, this morning. And, uh, uh, and I pray uh, that uh, we are all ready to hear a word from the Lord, and uh, I, I'm excited to share what God has put on my heart. Uh, and I pray uh, that it will penetrate your hearts uh, this morning. Amen? Amen. And let's pray and, and let's jump into our time together. Father God, you are more than we can imagine. God, you are more uh, than we ever expected. God, you, you're so much, God, we didn't even know that we needed you, God. We are so grateful, Lord, for your loving kindness, God, for the breath the Holy Spirit that resides in us, God, that we are temples of God, that you have somehow made us holy unthinkable, God, unfathomable. And, uh, but God, today, Lord, let us deal with this heart. God, might you shape it. Might you mold it. Might you transform it. That we might love God and love people. In Jesus', man, in Jesus name, amen. Do you ever want... I want to live in the overflow. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to live in my strength. Uh, I, I don't want to live in my gifts. I, I don't want to live in my power within my network. I want somehow to live in the overflow, in the abundance of God. Do you ever want to live in the overflow? Oh, no, we, 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 we got to stop. We got to make <laughs> I know this is Southern California. I get it. And we're the cool people. I understand that. 
and technically I'm from here because I was born here, but my folks are from Alabama, and when you speak, you speak back. I'm just saying, it's just polite, right? So, so I, I don't know where you thought you came this morning, but, but we're we going to talk to one another, right? All right, all right, all right, all right. But don't you want to live in the overflow sometimes? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it, it's, I run out. I let my wife down. I, I let my kids down. I, I, I let the church down. I let the community down. But, but if I can live in the overflow... If I can live in the abundance of God, then, then all of a sudden, all that is not enough in me is more than enough in Christ. Amen. 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 So I, 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 I don't know. It, it, it's, it's hard for me to, 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 to deal with the reality that we have everything we need for life and godliness. And then I look at my life. Overflow. Y'all with me? You guys with me? There are some things, there are some things I may not know. There are some places I, I cannot go. But I am sure of this one thing. My God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. I cannot tell just how you felt. When Jesus washed your sins, your sins away. But since that day, and since that hour, my God's been real, for I can feel him in my soul. Don't you know God is real? For he has a worst and he made me whole. Lord, your love for me, it's just like pure gold. Don't you know God is real? For I can This morning, we're, we're in this series together, three churches throughout Southern California entitled Heartbeat, because what's in your heart matters. We all suffer from a, a broken heart that, that only the one who created our hearts can fix. Our hearts were intended to express an overflowing gratitude and worship for Yahweh. 
yet our, our hearts often overflow in the wrong directions. This is why Proverbs 4, 23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Then Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Our hearts were divinely designed to love God and to love people. That's, that's your mission, right? Amen. See how I did that? Yeah, did you see that? But what about these hearts? What about these hearts? Mark 7, 14 through 16 says, and he, and he called the people to him again and said to them, hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. There's something going on in our hearts. There's something going on inside of us. It's, it's not the stuff that comes in. It's the, it's the stuff that comes out of us. There's something going on inside that, that's just not right. It reminds me of Genesis 6, 5, and it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Only evil continually. Not a, not a lot of room, not, not, not a lot of way to wiggle out of that, right? In a parallel uh, uh, text in Jeremiah 17, 9, the, the Bible reads, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? In the NIV of the same verse, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. In the NLT, it says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Just what you wanted to hear on a beautiful, sunny Sunday morning at church, right? <laughs> like, what, what happened today? I, I went to church and found out that I'm a mess. <laughs> amen, amen. Today, I want to talk to you about the overflowing heart. It, it, it just keeps spilling out. My, my hope is that we'll get to Luke 6, 43 through 49, but I have to set this up, and, and, and I hope that we get there, but you will get the heart of the message whether we get there or not. Is that okay? All right, all right, all right. A, a parallel verse to Luke 6 is Matthew 12, and, and it reads, it says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. Then we get all accusational. You brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
John is challenging the Pharisees. He says, I know you're trying to make it pretty. I know you're trying to make it sound good. I know you're trying to make it sound theological. I know you're attempting to, to act churchy, but, but you, you can't say anything good. Even the good things you say are bad, you brood of vipers. Because what comes from us is the overflow of our hearts. And we can pretend and fool others, but, but the nature of it is evil. Today's truth is this. From pricked hearts to contrite hearts, God mends our brokenness, producing overflowing hearts. From pricked hearts to contrite hearts, God mends our brokenness, producing overflowing hearts. That's why, why Paul says, be drunk not with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to be mindful of, of what's in us. Be drunk not with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I make up my own parallel here? Be, be smart not with the thoughts of men, but be smart with the Word of God. Be, be mindful that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is, 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 is in us. Be, be mindful of the Holy Spirit that's already there and be intentional about making sure the Word of God is in us so that that which comes out of us is from God, from God to God for others. Amen? This is such a personal message that you will... You will have to take your own truth home this morning. And I think you'll understand as we move forward. Um, um, this, there's, a, there's a popular verse that, 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 that I want to share. Acts 2, 37 through 38 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. The King James says that they were pricked. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, what God does when he introduces himself to us is he pricks. See, the, the word of God is a sword and it pricks our hearts. And here in the ESV it says, cut our hearts, because our hearts are stone. And what, what God has to do with these hard hearts is he has to prick or cut open these hearts of stone and, and create hearts of flesh so that the word of God and the spirit of God might penetrate our hearts and, and produce in us hearts of flesh. We're going to look at Psalm 51 in, in just a second, but to understand Psalm 51, I, I, we, we got to make sure we remember the story of David and Bathsheba. Anyone never heard the story of David and Bathsheba before? Amen, amen. I'm honored to share this story with you for the first time. Amen, amen. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Amen, amen. If you've never heard this story and I, and I get to share it with you, I'm honored to share that with you. So, so there's a story in the Bible about David, and David is the king. I'm trying to do this in two minutes. All right, so... David is the king, and, and, and he's in the, in the castle, and he looks out, and he, he sees Bathsheba on her roof bathing, and she's beautiful. And David looks out at her beauty, and he desires her. And, and because he's the king, he says, go get her. And, and they go and get her. And, and, and when she's brought back, they have a time together, and she gets pregnant. 
And I don't know if David took the time to ask if she had a husband, but she did. And she lets, she goes home and she, she, she sends word to the king, I am pregnant. And the baby is yours. It's like a, a modern day TV show and it's yours. And David panics, and, and they're at war, and, and her husband Uriah was off to war, and he sends for Uriah and brings him back, and, and he says, hey, Uriah, why don't you go and, and, and spend some time with your wife? You know what's going on, right? He's trying to cover it up. And Uriah, because he's a man of integrity, he, he says, well, well, I can't do that. There, there are men who are out there fighting for the cause your cause, King David, and they are dying for this cause. I, I can't do that. So instead of, of, of going and being with his wife, he slept outside on the ground because he had integrity. So David said, well, that didn't work. So David gets one of his generals and he says, okay, this is what I need you to do. I need you to put Uriah on the front line and basically make sure that he dies in battle. And, and that's exactly what happens. And not only did Uriah die, but other men were killed because David wanted to hide his activities and hide that he was the father. We can't hide sin. We can't, we can't place it in a box. We can't, we can't place it over here. It, it, it can't be compartmentalized. You know, they, they, they say, say women are like a, a spaghetti and men are like waffles because men put things in compartments. It, it, it can't be compartmentalized. It, you, 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 you can't keep these things separate. Sin, sin is like, like spaghetti. It gets into the mix and it mixes in with all of who we are. And eventually sin blocks one's overflow and redirects the overflow of his life. He once was overflowing for God and now he's overflowing with evil. All right. A lot of the Bible is about renewing our minds. But Psalms is about renewing our hearts. A lot of the Bible is, is about uh, it's information that we receive and it grounds us in the faith. Or, or a lot of the Bible is about renewing our mind in a way that it, it impacts our thinking. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Think on these things. It changes how we think. But, but, but portions of the Bible are about renewing our hearts. And Psalms is one of those areas. Psalms teaches us how to feel. So that's exactly what I want you to do this morning. I'm going to read Psalm 51, and I want you to feel. Can you, can you do that? Come on, we got hearts of flesh in the building or what? I mean, come on, what's going on? Come on now. Well, all right, all right. So, so I usually teach through a text, and I stop and teach, and I stop and teach. So this is hard for me to just read through it, but I, but I, want, you to, but, but, but I want you to receive it the way David said it, and then I'll share at the end. Is that Okay. So what I want you to do as I read, I just want you to feel what David experiences. Is that okay? Okay. Now, to understand what David is experiencing, there's a second part of the story that I didn't share. So David now thinks he's gotten away with it because Uriah is dead. But then Nathan shows up. 
the prophet. And Nathan says, hey, David, I, I want to share with you a story. Now, how many of you guys know when somebody says, I want to share with you a story, you're already in trouble? <laughs> right? I got a mama. I know where this is going. Okay. All right. Don't even share the story. Just tell me what I did. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and Uriah goes, King David, there was once a rich man who had lambs and goats and plenty of resources. And, and then there was a poor man who all he possessed was one little ewe lamb or a baby lamb. And, and this was all that he had, and, and he loved that lamb. And one day a traveler shows up, and, 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 and the traveler uh, 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 shows, and the, and the rich man, in order to provide for the traveler's well-being, he, 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 instead of using one of his own lambs, he takes this poor man's one ewe lamb and feeds the traveler. And David is incensed. How could he? What is wrong with him? And then David begins to mount up. He's, he's ready to go and correct this man. And then Nathan goes, David, you are the rich man. And I'm sure it was all like Yoda, right? I'm sure it was like one of those, those moments like that. <laughs> Thanks for sharing about Star Wars. <laughs> and David is now broken because now he sees his sin. You guys ready to feel? Yeah. All right. Psalm 51, first one. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then, then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation." And my tongue will sing aloud your righteousness. So, Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will, not, you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. 
The sacrifices of God are a broken heart, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God. You will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. If you have a heart that breaks for God, Psalms 51 is how you feel. If you have a heart that's in touch with, is connected with your soul, then Psalms 51 is how you feel. See, we, we, we read David's story and we're, we're amazed at how great his sin, but, but consider this, David was on, on, was on the side of the cross and didn't know about Jesus fully yet. He had some idea that there was some prophet coming, but he had no idea about Jesus. We're on the other side. And imagine that, 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 that let's take me for example. I sin every day in my thoughts and in my activities, and, and I know for me to turn my back on God is to crucify him again, and I, and I repent, and I, and, I, and I do acts of service, and I offer sacrifices, but I sin every day. Psalms 51 is how I feel. And if you have a heart that breaks for God, Psalms 51 is how you feel as well. I believe David was a man after God's own heart because he felt. When you think about the great men of God and, and, and David is the only one that God says this about, I, I think the distinction between David and the other men of God, there were great theologians, great, great missionaries, great encouragers. There were all these great men of God that we read about and that we quote, but no one felt like David. David, a man after God's own heart, being a horrific sinner, reveals that we, other horrific sinners, could be people after God's own heart, too. Come on. I don't know. See, that, that's encouragement for me. Look how low David's sin had to go before his heart broke. Not only did he fabricate, that's for my uh, sophisticated Southern California people. <laughs> he fabricated. <laughs> David literally stole a man's wife. Like, like, no, D David didn't kick game, flirt with her a little bit. She liked it. And no, 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 no. David said, go get her. And she was gotten. I'm trying to highlight his kingness. He was, she was gotten. In other words, she had no choice. For, for her to say no, she, she put her whole life and her lineage at, 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 in danger. She could have been beheaded because he was the king, and if he said so, it goes. So David just stole her. David murdered several people to cover up his sins. And before David's 
heart could break, he had to get caught. So I'm glad I got caught. Thank you, God, for catching me. I know, see, y'all, y'all the good Christian folks. That's not me. That, I'm, thank you, Lord, for catching me. Could you imagine where I would be if I never got caught? Oh, I know, y'all never do nothing wrong, but, but you, you know what I'm talking about. When you're doing the thing you know you shouldn't be doing, and you think you're slick, you think you're getting away with it, thank God I got caught. Could you imagine if all the things you ever did, you got away with it? Could you imagine? And David got caught, and because he got caught, it put him in, 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 in proximity with his sin. And as a result, at the end of Psalms 51, we get to experience the overflow of his heart. Hallelujah. Thank God I got caught. I'm looking at the time. I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near me. All right, all right. Let's, 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 David says, David says, he, he washed me with hyssop. Hyssop is a, is a branch that they would dip in blood and they would purify the sanctuary or they would purify the holy places that they might worship. And what David is saying is, is God, will, will, you, will you take the cleansing agent and purify my space, God, so that I can worship you again. My sin has separated my heart from my soul. God, would you purify me? Notice he, he, he didn't want some pastor or some priest to do it because in David's heart, in David's mind, he's sinned against God and God alone because what he's done, only God can purify him, can make him holy. What, see, because what makes sin specifically sin is that it is an assault against God. See, when, whenever we sin, we minimize the sovereignty of God. I know, it's, it's 2019, we don't talk about sin anymore, I know, I know. That's why you get a guest preacher, he'll talk about it, he'll go back home. <laughs> when we sin, we disregard God's greatness and God's grace. Isn't it great that he keeps giving us grace anyway? But this is the worst for me. When we sin, we hurt God. Sin is personal. We talk about God being relational, and let's, let's talk about him in a relational way. When we sin, we hurt him. God hurts because God does not have a hardened heart. So it hurts. See, some of you can do some things to me and I won't feel it because there are areas in my heart that have been hardened by life and they just, I let them phase off. But God is holy and perfect and pure. So, so when we hurt our salt, God, it hurts. I sin every day in my thoughts and in my ways and in my missing the mark and in my disregard. And, and then that's just me. And God has to take that assault all day, every day. Now, just me and you, just me and you, whoever's listening to me, just me and you. Imagine the two of us, every time we sin, every evil thought, every time we miss the mark, it's an assault against God and it hurts. Okay, not just me and you, the entire room. Imagine the entire room, all of our sins at the same time. All, West, where, where are we? West Hills, come on, somebody help me out. You get the point, right? 
The whole world, God is receiving these assaults like we received them back when we were pure. You know what I'm talking about. When everything hurt, when we hadn't learned to put our guards up because God is soft-hearted and, and perfect. For, so each assault hurts and his grace forgives us anyway. Oh, somebody should have said hallelujah. hallelujah. That's why David says, I've sinned against God and God alone. It's as if David is saying, we, we may hurt people, but we sin against God. And I know some of y'all are theologians and, and you're, you're thinking right now and you're saying, well, actually, pastor, we sin against people too. I ask you to feel right now. Look at you thinking. <laughs> yes, you're right. But that's not what I want you right now. I just want you to feel. Can you feel with me right now? All you smart people dotting your eyes and crossing your T's. You know what you remind me of? You remind me of what I call a first grade husband. You know, the husband is first two years of marriage and he thinks he can win an argument with his wife. I call them first grade husbands. <laughs> you know, they, they, they think, you know, I got the details, I'm dotting the I's and I crossed the T's, so I got it figured all out, and he's making this one perfect argument. Man, she's making five arguments at the same time with perfect control. You ain't got a chance. <laughs> my wife is right there, as beautiful as she can be. Y'all see my wife right there? <laughs> I'm a ninth grade husband. I know I can't win no arguments with that woman. <laughs> so you know what I do? I tell her the facts, and then I emote. <laughs> Baby, I love you. <laughs> Baby, I'm sorry. Somebody ought to say, hey, hey, if you've been married one or two years, hey, you better get that lesson. You better get that. <laughs> so sometimes with God, we're so busy thinking, we're not feeling. And we've lost proximity with our sin, and our hearts no longer break. And if our hearts aren't breaking, they can't be soft. And without soft hearts, there is no overflow. See, that's why David confronts his sin. We, we tend to camouflage our sin. Yet notice, although David is wide open, I want you to notice something. Not one word about sex, murder, or lying. Not one word. In 19 verses, not one word. Because he doesn't allow the symptoms to distract him from the disease. See, sin is our problem. We murder because of sin. We lie because of sin. Sin is our issue. And, and these things that we do, the symptoms, we can treat them. But if we don't deal with the sin, we will go right back and do them as soon as we are prompted or it's dark enough and we know nobody will know, we will do it again. Because the problem is the disease, not the symptoms. Preach somebody. Amen. You notice after he confronts the sin he says, salvation is a joy. See, the thing that steals our joy is sin. If you are saved and you're not happy, it's because it's sin. 
in your life. If you have received salvation from on high and you are fully aware of the level of sinner that you are, to be saved is to be happy. Okay, okay. I have been saved before. I was drowning and someone pulled me out. Someone I didn't know, a stranger. I was happy. It's an impossibility to be saved and not happy. Does that make sense? See, praise, salvation is joy, and praise is what joy in God does. And that's why at the end, David begins to praise the Lord. Did you hear him open my lips? His sin had had taken him away from his soul, had had created a separation between him and that which had been redeemed. And and he's like, God, open my lips. He's like, come on, lips, come on, lips, come on, lips, come on, lips. You you know what I'm talking about. You've been in worship before, and you know you should be feeling the song, raised up here, giving his heart out, and you're like, oh, y'all didn't think I was going to make it personal, huh? Hey, that's for you, man. That's for you. <laughs> Praise is it, it, it's what happens when it's what joy does. Now, I'm not saying you got to praise God the way I do. I'm saying you got to praise God the way you do. However, God has designed you to praise, you got to praise God that way. And you know what it's like because there are times where you praise. And whatever that is, when God is worthy of your praise, when salvation is your joy, you will praise if sin is not separating you from the joy of your salvation. Preach, preacher. See, sometimes I can cheer for the Dodgers, but I can't give praise to God. No, I would never cheer for the angels. Amen. Sometimes I can encourage Osheree and bless my kids, but I can't give praise to God. It's because my sin has separated my soul from my joy. That's why verse 13, he begins to talk about the overflow of his heart and his gratitude that God might forgive him. And And I want you to notice something. The overflow of his heart created evangelism. See, pastors, we mess up when we try to teach you techniques without understanding that evangelism comes from the heart. I can teach you a technique all day, but if your heart is not overflowing with God, it doesn't matter. Let me show you how overflow works. You guys remember, you ever went to like your, your, your little cousin's house or your, your, your uncle's house and, and you get there and, and, and your little niece is there and she's like, Uncle Rudy, Uncle Rudy, Uncle Rudy, look, look, I got a bike, I got a bike, I got a bike, come here, come on, Uncle Rudy, come on, Uncle Rudy, come on, look, look, my bike, my bike, wait, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, look, look, Uncle Rudy, look, I got a car, I got a car, I got a car, you got a remote control, look, look, look. That's overflow. See, overflow is what comes out of you without you intentionally producing it. See, the overflow of our hearts is when we are a connection with the joy of the Lord. Now, I will encourage you, but I shouldn't have to encourage you. 
I should be saying, hey, calm down, calm down, calm down. We got to do things decently in order now. Calm down, calm down. Wouldn't it be awesome if the pastor's main problem was it was too crazy in here? We had to calm you down? There's so much joy of the Lord. The overflow, it, it comes from, from, from the Spirit. Be, be filled with the Holy Spirit, not drunk with wine. Be filled with the Word of God, not with the thoughts of men. Did you notice something? Forgiveness for David wasn't enough. Did you notice that being made clean, it it wasn't enough. That didn't fully satisfy him. Being chosen for for David, it it wasn't enough. Being being right-spirited, it wasn't enough. Experiencing the joy of the Lord by himself wasn't enough. He said, then I will go and and preach to your transgressors and, and call people to repentance of their sins because the overflow wants other people to see and worship a great God with them. I'm running out of time. All right, all right. The evil one wants to make you feel so broken or just broken enough you can't or you won't make a difference in this world. He he wants you to, to wallow, to feel guilt, because nothing I'm talking about right now is about guilt. Right now, what I'm talking about is being transparent with God. There's a brokenness that I have. That's a transparency. God, I sin every day, all day. It's, there's a brokenness because I know what I do hurts you. That, 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 that's a good thing. But there's another thing that creates guilt, and that's not this. And what the evil one wants to do is take your brokenness and make it about you and not about God. Because if my brokenness is about God, and I know God is a loving and forgiving God, then the joy of my salvation is like a wellspring pouring out, flowing out of me. I can't help it because I'm always so grateful for the goodness of my God. The biggest difference is the overflow of your spirit flows. The, The biggest difference you can make on a sinking ship is to save the people on the ship, not the sinking ship. Amen. See, David, his overflow turned his heart to bringing people into the place that he was. Often what we do, we get so excited about a ministry, we forget about people. Your ministry is good. It's just not people, necessarily. Or we get really excited about a cause, and your cause is good. Hey, let's clean the ocean. That's great. We should do that. And God calls us to take care of the planet. But the best thing we can do is not save the ship, but to save the people who are going down on the sinking ship. And that's why David, from the overflow of his heart, he went into evangelism 
not into a cause. Your cause is good. We should do good causes. We are the light and the salt of the earth. We should. But what I'm saying is that there's no overflow that leads you to, to desire to get people to experience the greatness of your God, and you're missing the best. All right, I got to say this before I close. Now, now to you who uh, struggle with your emotions. Now, I'm asking you to feel, but I'm not asking you to worship your feelings. We love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's a part of worshiping God, but our feelings can lead us in the wrong direction. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that the foundation of everything is God's good pleasure with the broken and the contrite. See, all those who follow God should be broken and contrite. No, this is not about being sad. No, this broken and contrite does not mean depressed. No, broken and contrite doesn't even mean solemn, although that might be a season in your life. I'm not saying you won't go through a season of sadness, even depression and difficulty. What I'm saying is that 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 what what God wants from us is an overwhelming joy, and that will be the baseline of our reality. This is not where we live, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Listen, a humble and brokenhearted joy is the beat of the Christian heart. The evangelism comes from the overflow of the heart. Praise comes from the overflow of the heart. Ministry comes from the overflow of the heart. Anybody want to live in the overflow this morning? Yeah. Amen. 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 Father God, I thank you, Lord, that I had the opportunity to be here with these brothers and sisters of mine, God, these sons and daughters of yours. God, might our sin, God, might it confront us, God, and might it point us to you and not toward ourselves. God, might we be broken and contrite. God, might we realize, Lord, that we have sinned against you and you alone. God, forgive us for each time we hurt you, God. Give us a relational remorse, God, because we love you, God. We desire you, God. We need you, God. And it breaks us to think that we hurt you, God. Yeah, God, the salvation, salvation, Lord, is the joy of our hearts, God. And we thank you for a grace, Lord, a, a grace that is wide and deep like an ocean, God, a, a mercy, God, that we can't fathom. We thank you for that, God. So we live in an eternal joy for you are our God, our, our, our daddy, God. We love you. So, God, I pray, Lord, for every soul in this room, God, that they might live out of the overflow out of the abundance, out of the wellspring that is you and you alone. God, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or join us live at any of our weekend worship experiences. Have a great day. My rebellions that you've always shown